Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I'm here with Greg on our off-season finanza. That's a word I made up. Greg, say hello. <laughs> uh, you know, you're getting better and better at these cold opens, bro. You like them? They're pretty good, right? Oh, no, I was completely being sarcastic. Oh, right? That's very good. <laughs> you know, we always start off hot here. Just like this, this off-season's been blazing. It's not even the off-season yet. I can't even say that, right? The, final, the Stanley Cup Finals are happening right now as we speak. Yeah, I'm trying to watch them, but I'm in a flash flood watch and tropical storm warning, and it just shrinks the view, and, you know, not really worth it. So I'm going to – I don't know what I'm going to do. The Mets are in a rain delay. My, my entire life's falling apart is basically what I'm saying. You know, when you can't watch hockey, you can't watch baseball, and it's a Monday night, what are you doing with your life, right? I guess I'm going to talk to you, buddy. Probably should, and then, or you should probably be playing Overwatch. A great, fantastic game brought to you by Blizzard, a company not sponsoring us. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to buy Overwatch. That's crazy that you're not doing that. Say, it's crazy, Gregory. Not it. I'm not giving in. Not going to do it. It's a, it's, not going to be able to do it. Okay. All right, fine. I I would argue about this, but then I would like I kind of want you to buy a mic, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Let's uh, let's talk about where my funds should be reallocated. But. That is totally fine. Eventually, I w- I would like you to at least check the game out. It is the most fun okay. I've had playing a game in a long time. Speaking of fun things that I I wanted to be doing, uh, that was a terrible segue. Let's redo this. Speaking oh. of the Rangers, better? <laughs> no, but go on. Okay, Continue. so. Larry Brooks reported over the, uh, I guess just today or when we're recording this, uh, that the expansion draft rules have kind of come out and that no movement clauses are going to be a kind of big deal for teams that have them. The league seems to be punishing teams that have no movement clauses. And I have bad news for you people listening at home and they're Ranger fans. We have two no movement clauses on players that really can't play hockey anymore. Uh, Dan Girardi, and maybe you've heard of them. I don't know, Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl. Um, So... Right now, the rules with that is they're going to have to be protected if the expansion draft happens before that free agency period or the 10 days before the season ends. Uh, I think I'm saying that correctly, and if I'm not, I will correct myself at some point in time, but probably not. And from what I understand is we're going to have to protect Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl on this team when this expansion draft comes next year because Vegas is going to be brought into the team, I mean, into the NHL in 2017 for that season. And the NHL wants that team to be good and be competitive. So they're going to have a shot at taking some of our, uh, some say, better guys. Uh, Pavel won't be available at that point in time because he'll still be two years into the uh, the NHL. And neither will Shea, I believe. I don't know if this year counted as his rookie season for sure. But I know first and second year players are protected. But that would leave guys like JT Miller if he's still on the team. Same thing with Chris Kreider. Uh, even maybe Zuccarello if we didn't like protect them. Obviously, you'd have a number of people you were able to protect. But we'd be forced to be protect uh, Girardi and Stahl. Well, let's, let's talk something out here. So Okay. First of all, I don't think both Girardi and Stahl will be on this team come uh, – one of them will not be a Ranger come expansion draft time. I really honestly believe that. Uh, I think you give either one of them a buyout option or, you know, the Rangers might not be good next year, and if Mark Stahl just somehow gets re- – Energized in any kind of way. Plays, that I think plays a team decent would hockey. Like plays just a decent defenseman hockey. Plays as like maybe a second pairing guy. That be is that yeah, asking a lot? Let's, even. Let, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, worst case scenario here. You got to keep them, and because there are no trade, no move clauses, they're two of your seven. Who on this team right now? Gun to your head. Would you want as the other five under contract? And you said 
Pavel's not going to be a problem because he won't have two years' experience, so you won't have to protect him. I believe Shea but won't be a problem either because he only played like four games this year. Let's, you know what? Let's even say Shea will be and that he okay. will be eligible. So your five players in my mind, Hank for sure, McDonough for sure. Oh, like guys you're, keep, Shea, you're, you're protecting? Yeah, these would be the five I keep. I'd keep Hank, Shea, McDonough, Zuccarello, and I guess mm. that's the thing. Like, I don't really have a fifth guy because I would like the Rangers to find ways to move the guys I would consider my fifth guy. So I, I, think, I am in the camp. I'm in the camp. Well, Rick Nash, I think, is gone. I agree. So he's we, we agree on that. I, I, I do like Rick Nash as a player, but he didn't really put up the goals he was supposed to put up here. He is an incredible defenseman, two-way player uh, for being who he is and has a lot of speed and has a big body, but I I sound like a talking head, but the guy just didn't put up the results he was supposed to here. And I'm in the camp where if I'm the Rangers, I think they should trade two of the three, and the three being Derek Broussard, Chris Kreider, Derek Stepan. I think they should trade two of them. Oh, man. Uh, And I honestly would prefer to trade Broussard and I guess I would actually prefer to trade Kreider definitely yeah, and well, I'm we've... 50-50 with either uh, Stepan or Broussard. Like, I guess Stepan just because I think he's making more than he's worth. Um, but you can I'm okay with trading all three. Like That's the thing. The Rangers are in a rebuilding phase so having the argument of um, you know Wow, we're screwed. We have to keep Stall and Girardi. I, you know, I can't really find five guys that I, I definitely want to keep, and then be angry about someone else not keeping. I think the Rangers are going to make a lot of moves this offseason, and I, then we can evaluate who are the seven players the Rangers could keep, including the two guys if they're forced to keep. I think there's more. Stephon I think you're going to have more than seven players you can actually designate. I'm, I'm not sure that official number has come out yet, but I know this is just a theoretical between you and I. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I, all I'm saying is the Rangers need to make so many moves this offseason that it's. I just think it's premature to get worked up over, oh, the Rangers might be handicapped because they might have to keep Stahl and Girardi. I just think they got the Rangers got to do so many things that worrying about the extra weight the Rangers are likely to have to keep in this expansion draft is... We're just we're, we're we're counting eggs before we're counting chicks before eggs are hatched. But that's like now, Greg. What you have to understand what we do on this podcast is count eggs and don't get enough right, chickens. But I do. Well, while we're talking expansion draft, I want to talk expansion draft because I got to tell you, there is nothing in sports that to me is more exciting and intriguing than an expansion draft. It is in such an interesting case study on what certain teams view as important players and how one team is literally built from scratch. We haven't had an expansion draft in any sport since the Houston Texans in the NFL. And you and I were a little too young, definitely too young to fully understand what was happening. Yeah. Um, But I just, in my mind, I remember the first overall pick in the expansion draft for the Texans. And this shows how much of a fucking loser I am. Uh, uh, you don't was, have to tell the truth to everyone, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jacksonville Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli. Oh. And I remember this because it was such 
an interesting case. Tony Baselli was a former multiple-time pro bowler and I think an all-pro left tackle. There was a time when he was the best left tackle in football. But injuries started sapping away at his career. He was paid handsomely by the Jaguars. They didn't want to release them because it would be too much of a cap casualty and they wouldn't be able to replace them. So they didn't protect them in the expansion draft. And it was so intriguing for the Texans to take them because on one hand, you know, the Texans had a salary floor that they had to reach. So they had to find players to pay, basically, just to get to a certain point. Um, because most teams were not making their highest paid players available because right. their they were, highest paid they were players good. were still good. Yeah. Um, but Baselli was such an interesting case because on one hand, if he, I mean, left tackle is still arguably one of the five most important positions on a football team. It is your anchor on the offensive line, and in most cases, it protects your quarterback's blindside. So on one hand, the Texans are like, look, if this guy re-energizes his career, and I understand that's the second time I've used that because I'm blanking on other words, but if this guy can have a bounce back. Becomes rejuvenated, refreshes his life, becomes Febreze. if If he in any way regains his previous form, not only does he drastically help a expansion team that is trying to compete, but he also becomes a trade ship. So another team may want to acquire Tony Baselli because all of a sudden he's got value. Now, of course, Tony Baselli, he was cooked. He was not good with the Texans. I don't know if he ever played a game with the Texans, but it's that kind of strategy that just intrigues me to no end. Because how, like, even if teams um, put tags on their seven best players and you can't get their seven best players, a team full of the NHL's eighth best player from every team, I mean, that alone could still be a very competitive seems, hockey seems team. Seems pretty talking, scrappy to me. Yeah. You'd be, talking, you'd be talking about the eighth best player on the Rangers last year, so you're talking about someone in the neighborhood of Chris Kreider, yep. of Derek Stepan, of Jesper Foss. Ooh. You're talking about eighth best player on the Islanders. You could be getting someone like Kyle Ocposo, eighth best player on a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're talking about Nick Bonino. Connor Sheary, yeah. or um, even someone like Chris Kunitz, like a player, a high-paid paid player they may not want to protect. Expansion drafts are so fascinating. And just going into, it, it's almost like if you're not careful about who you protect on your own team, will they have ill will towards your team now? Will they demand a trade? Like if, if the Penguins don't protect someone like Chris Kunitz and for some reason – the Las Vegas franchise doesn't draft him. Does Chris Kunitz want to go back to Pittsburgh? Does he feel unwanted? Would he want a trade? Yeah, this does make a lot of sense here. It it creates so much intrigue in the league, and it creates, by default, so much activity because teams will have openings on their – like, teams lose free agents every year that they have to replace, but now you're going to lose free agents and players you had under contract because of the expansion draft. It's fascinating. I love it. And um, that's the one thing I'm super excited for when it comes to uh, any kind of expansion because oh, it's just so intriguing. And honestly, I would want to like live blog 
the expansion draft because I think you can get so many storylines from it. It'd be, it'd be, it, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, who and knows? I think, so- I know, there are so many variables, and we're more than, we're probably realistically more than a year away from said draft happening. But the point is, uh, it's the best. It's the best form of sports entertainment. So here's here's because, something that's crazy to think about. So the NHL has pretty much blatantly said they want two more uh, franchises. So that means this is going to happen right. not once but twice in the next five years. Well, they need to. They still need to balance out the um, the second place conferences. That's no, they it. need to balance out the conferences. Uh, right now, the East, I believe, has sixteen teams, mm-hmm. and the West, the West only 14. has fourteen. Yep. There's natural imbalance, and Vegas. On obviously um, helps balance out the league, but ideally you need uh, even numbers in professional sports. Right. Just because it's not like it's not as awkward as when the NFL only had 31 teams for a short time being um, that one team every week would have to have a bye. Like in the NHL, I mean, the not all 30 too. teams play on the same day. Right. right. So yeah. it's not the end of the world if you have an odd number of teams because on a given day there will be more than one team that has off. But you, you also you just need even numbers to make all the math work in tiebreakers and that kind of stuff. So I don't know West much about math, add, but 31 is not even. No, it is not. And Vegas is an obvious suitor because the NHL has committed money toward a pro-style arena. And I honestly think um, – Okay, well, let's get into I this real quick. Think Vegas, I Vegas works no, no problem. Like, I, I don't have the concern yep. that I, I'm going to toot your horn for you, Greg. Let, let, let's move do on it. to this something real quick. But I, I don't usually do this and give you nice compliments about stuff. But the, the yeah, well, you're you know you're a piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the 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 Vegas team is actually called the Black Knights, and you and don't I, like it. you and I both hate this name, right? Like we absolutely hate this. Can't stand it. I agree. It sounds like a college team. Sounds little league to me. Sounds like they're not uh, a real team to be taken seriously. They should just be called the Knights. I don't know why they're called the Black Knights. Uh, maybe that was. I, like, I think there was the website. The domain name is the reason they chose it, right? Something like that. Uh, I I'm not 100 percent sure why they chose it, but okay. I read something about nothing, domain names. Uh, there's just nothing about Vegas that, like, when you think of Vegas, there's nothing in it now, where you think. Now let Black me say. Knight. Let me say why. If they were the Blackjacks, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool name. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd so, be great. That'd be amazing. Uh, I like that one too. But let's let's talk about this. This this idea was a, an amazing idea you had, and I hate you for it. You called them the <laughs> uh, the Las Vegas Aces, and the idea you brought, you brought along with this was they could have four different uniforms for each suit, and I thought that was yeah. incre- that was an amazing idea with great design uh, capability, and th- those jerseys would s- sell. It would probably be freaking sexy to be honest they'd be great they'd yeah. be great and um give the black and know, red it, home and away Ooh, i'm getting so excited for those but they're never gonna happen it's never gonna happen because i don't think we're at a point where any professional league is going to embrace gambling like fully they may say gambling the, the is nba fine. is pretty close they're go, they're a year or right, two away the nba is not gonna rename the clippers the gamblers like that's I just don't think that's ever going to happen, at least not in the next 10 years. But Aces just had – any like, I'm the kind of guy where I like – I mean, is I get Aces that most, like, like really, there are no – I'm going to argue with you real quick. Is Aces really like a gambling term? 
Like, I know it's like no. the cards, aces, like, but it could be like a, a an ace shooter. You could be an ace, like, pilot. Right, but but then, like, your logo would yeah, have but to then be you have like the, want to be able to be suited cards. That's fine. That would um, be so sweet, though, man. I, it was the best idea I've ever had. Yeah, it's, one, it's top Vegas five for aces, sure. Las Vegas Aces has a nice alliteration to it. Yeah. And then just the jersey potential, like four different – and that's just, like, basic four different – um, alternate jerseys. Yeah, one oh, no, you can do it, and you do home and away, red and black. It's perfect. Yeah, easy. Um, it's, or like, but it's never. I get why it's not going to happen, but at the same time, there's got to be something else um, besides Black Knights that could give a representation of Las Vegas. Like, I, off the top of my head, if you didn't want to do anything related to gambling or playing cards, like, why not like Las Vegas Desert Dogs? They're in the desert. Yeah, the that's Wolf actually Pack, not a bad name either. The, you got the Running Rebels of UNLV. Um, why can't you do something like that, like Outlaws? I think our friend Outlaws. Jeff Polinsky said was just too obvious. Outlaws, the other um, one I really like. Black Knight sounds so terrible. I just there's nothing just, good about it. Black Knights. When I think Black Knights, I think Army because that's what they are. Yeah. Like, and, and spoiler, it's a college. I, not, not really spoiler. College. I worked. I worked at West Point Military Academy for eight months, and uh, humble brag there, I guess. But I worked with all those athletes. They're like that's what I associate Black Knights with, like Army Navy, like that game. I don't want to associate yeah. it with with NHL. No. So, Aces was the obvious one. Shame on you, NHL, for not giving me a phone call, and I would have told you that in a second. Come but, on, guys. You know we have all this big pull in the NHL. Give us a freaking call. Oh, yeah. What are you Lost, doing but, over there, yeah. NHL? Las Vegas, Las Vegas Aces was easily uh, my best idea. Oh, the Met game got rained out. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Um, oh, man. Anywho, anywho, but yeah, Las, oh, God, that, how cool would that be? I would, I would want to buy one of those jerseys because it was my idea. But also, it would just be cool to have like a Ace of Spades hockey jersey. Oh, yes. Yeah, like so many design potentials. You could even make the jerseys white and just have yep. black um, the black symbols black lettering for the ace of spades or even the ace of clubs and then you could do red as the home alternate for hearts yep. or Diamonds. anything yeah, there's so many potential and it's killing us it's just it's right there like in your face there's no way I'm the only one that thought of this there are very smart people that work in the NHL it's uh, it, it's a shame that are we it's not, sure but, it's probably the people that don't make that don't make decisions that have brought that up. This is true, but yeah. So expansion, fun. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that. Totally I'm also excited for when MLB does it eventually. I know it's coming, and they will. Uh, but the thing with MLB is they have made it perfectly clear that they need to figure out the stadium situations in Oakland and Tampa Bay before they can do anything. But MLB. I mean, the two markets that make the most sense in MLB. Um, Montreal. Well, Montreal is a clear number one. Mexico City is a clear S- number two. Speaking of which, I guess I'll bring this up now because I was going to bring this up later. Um, uh, we might not podcast next Monday night. We what? might. Yep. Uh, first time. E- first time ever in history for us. I will be in Montreal what? and I will be on my way back on, on Monday. What? On Monday. What are you doing? Uh, worst comes to worst, uh, we will podcast at some point Tuesday and, and put I'll, it and put I'll it out. I'll just that record day. myself talking to myself. You can call and Greg, then send Greg. you the clip. You can call Greg up you if you want. It. I mean, Greg, you can call you can call yourself up, Greg. Call Jeff up so if you want, and maybe do something else like that. 
You guys can do that. I have no problem with that. Maybe we'll figure that out. I might have to talk to Jeff. I might have to talk to Jeff about this. We'll figure this out. Um, you guys can have, have a nice little guest without me. Do a little, little uh, a, uh, a, I was about to call it AL East. Look at me. Uh, the East East Podcast, Metro Podcast. Maybe that. Maybe it's some fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk to him. That's an idea. Okay. But yeah, I know. I know we don't have we don't have a whole lot of Rangers stuff to talk about. Oh no, no, I still have a little but, bit more that I want to go. I know this. Oh. Is, yeah. So uh, everyone seems to be on the block from the reports this week. Uh, we've just as talked about should. as we talked about trading that. How do you how high do you think Zuccarello's value is, and how pissed off? I every response I saw on Reddit was like, if we trade Zuccarello, I'm out. And I kind of agree. I get it. Like he's one of my favorite players. He's so fun to root for. The guy took a hometown discount to be here. He probably could have made six million, right? I, I, Stepan's making six and a half. What's the reasoning to yeah, say yeah, exactly. Zuccarello is a better player? He's got to make at least as much as Steph is. I agree, but he's making four point five. His value yep. in that contract is the biggest asset we have, right? It's close. Um, it, it's up there. I think some people are still scared off about his size, and I think that's unfair. I think it's been proven now. Uh, that you don't have to be someone like Evgeny Malkin or Rick Nash to be a successful scorer in this league. Um, I mean, for every Rick Nash, you have a Theo Fleury. I just, some, and, you know, I think some people are still a little scared. He was definitely more, he's been plenty durable throughout his career, but he'll miss a game here or there with a knickknack injury. And uh, I think that scares some people away, but, it, four and a half million is a steal, and he's locked up for multiple years. He's got three more years on his deal. There's no harm in listening. Uh, if a team wants to blow you away with an offer for Zook, what's the harm in listening? And I think, you know, if a Godfather deal comes up, you're going to take it. But I think it, with unlike with someone like Stepan or someone like Broussard or someone like Kreider, where the Rangers may take. 90 cents on the dollar they wouldn't be too happy doing it but they might do it right. uh zook you're gonna have to overpay to get and I, I i don't think the rangers saying the rangers not saying he's off limits means he's definitely getting traded what's the harm in listening just no there's out. no harm if, if listening the, but i know i wanted yeah, to if say the red, like, if the red wings say the red wings want to trade someone like dylan larkin in a first round pick for mad zuccarello there's no chance in hell that's ever going to happen you don't know. Maybe they see something in Zook that they think is Dylan Larkin and then some, and they make that offer. If you're the Rangers, you don't say no to that. No, you never. take it every time. And I, the so, point yeah, I wanted to make listen. here was that, like, I know we're attached to these players. We become uh, very – I fall in love very easily with certain players, and Zook is definitely one of them. He's definitely my favorite, one of my favorite players to root for, but when the value is right and his value is at an all-time high – He's on his contract for three more years. He just lost his no movement uh, clause in his contract. He's got four point five million. A team could really blow us away with an offer for that, and that would really help this team going forward with building pieces. I don't want to lose Zook like the next guy, but the offer has to be credible. But that I want to just get everyone ready that that might happen this summer. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that in reality, as sports fans, we root for laundry, and it almost doesn't matter who fills that laundry because if the Rangers did trade Zook we'd find someone else to fall in love with. That's the nature of sports. Um, if you, but I, I think 90% positive the Rangers do not trade Zoop unless a godfather offer appears. And if a godfather offer appears, we're having a different conversation. I don't think the Rangers would trade Zoop 
in the same way they trade Nash. Like, Shattenkirk for Zook will never happen. The Rangers would never do that. No, um, they wouldn't. I it think... all depends on the pieces a team would be willing to give up for Zook. I agree. Uh, that's 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 kind of what I wanted to bring up otherwise. But uh, I know this is the part of the podcast where we're 25 minutes into it and we want to talk Mets. Well, there's. I don't, do you want to talk Mets? I mean, I'm always ready to talk Mets. Are, you, you, are you, you satisfied we talked enough Rangers? I think we talked enough Rangers for today. I mean, I could go on, but we'll, let's, let's save some for two weeks from now. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. And two weeks from now, we should probably be in the throat of the offseason. So. Yeah, and things will start to be happening, signings and uh, restricted free agents. And then we'll probably I also have... have no idea of in the throat of something is a saying. It just, oh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, we're sorry. in the throat of things here, Greg. You know, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, of wow. All the sorry. things we've done on this podcast, that's a, that's that's something. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just clearing my throat. You know. Uh-huh. Yep. Sure, mm-hmm. buddy. Yep. All right. So mm-hmm. let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Mets baseball then. Speaking yeah, of choking, speaking, Greg. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's rough right now. Um, it's not. It's not that. I should. Hey, let I me should let me do some professional. Let me do some professional inter- Mets- interview questions real quick. Well, then you can do real things. Sure. Um, um, Greg, can the Mets hit a baseball? <laughs> uh, they can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on. They have the ability. Uh, usually, they, usually, if a runner's in scoring position, no, they forget how to. But if the bases are empty, uh, they'll probably hit a home run. Right. They love solo home runs more than anything else in the world. I can see that. Um, but yeah, no. Right now. You know, it's weird. I can't really complain. The Mets have the fourth best record in the National League. They would host the wild card game if the playoffs started today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, so on one hand, nothing to panic about, right? We're, this is basically where you would kind of – the Mets are two games back of the Nets. They've split the season series with the Nets so far. This is kind of where you would want the Mets to be. If you told me this is the position the Mets would be in on opening day, I'd be like, yeah, I'd prefer them to be in first, but they're in the thick of it. That's fine. Right. But then if you're also going to be like, oh, by the way, Lucas Duda is going to have a broken back. David Wright's going to have a broken neck. Juan Medeiros is going to tear a ligament in his thumb. He's going to try and play through it. Um, so that doesn't seem good. Travis Darno will be opinion. unable to throw a baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lots of lots of problems. You know, when you're missing a third of your opening day lineup, and not just a third of your opening day lineup, but your number two, your number four, and your number seven hitter on opening day, that's a problem. Uh, that's a big problem, especially considering we're replacing we're replacing Lucas Duda with James Loney, who's had a great five game stretch. Ray's great. Ray's great. James Loney. Glad glad he's playing uh, for a good yeah. team. He's, yo, he's hitting three thirty three. He's got a slugging percentage over five hundred. You could use him right now. I didn't want to. Um, I didn't really want to get rid of Loney, but you know the raise. He costs eight million dollars. Yeah, we're paying him five hundred thousand. So thank you. You're so um, you're so welcome. He's he's a fine replacement first baseman, and he'd be fine if the rest of your lineup was healthy. But right now, we're dealing with the catching platoon of Rene Rivera and Kevin Pulecki. That's hitting a combined, I think, one ninety. Um, and as great is as Rivera good? is. The, no, it is not. Okay. And as great as Rivera is defensively, I think it's made clear that once Darno is uh, healthy, Ploiecki is going down uh, because Rivera is just too important to the pitching staff now. Um, but we got Wilmer Flores playing every day at third base, which is not a problem yet, but it'll become a problem. 
Uh, we no longer have a platoon partner for Juan Laguerre, uh, for Porto, who's been struggling, like capital S struggling. Uh, yeah, they need to make a move. And the question is, you know, what move is there to make? Who could the Mets bring in right now to help this team offensively? Uh, I think I've thrown out the name Danny Valencia. I was just before. about to say that name. He is killing the ball. He is, and he's a left-handed bat, and he can play some first. He can play some third. He could, He's basically a platoon with Wilmer Flores because, let's be honest, David Wright might miss the rest of the year. Uh, it's six to eight weeks of rest, pure rest. So then you'd have to give him another month to ramp up his baseball activities. And this is still a guy that can only play once – you know, twice every three days because of his back. And yeah. now you're throwing in the fact that he's got a herniated disc in his neck. You're asking a lot. Captain a America has man. had some really tough breaks uh, over the, over the it's, years. It's, it's such a shame because he's so good and he's had such a great career. This is not how I want him to go out, but it's just where we are. Um, so the hard truth is the Mets need a bat somewhere, preferably third base. That can also play first. I mean, and I like trading for Danny. Valencia, but I don't know what you're going to have to give up for him. He's 31. I don't know his contract status, to be honest, right off the top of my head. Uh, he's, he's a one-year deal, so he's a free agent at the end of the year. So it wouldn't break the bank to no. bring in someone like Valencia. You could give a low-level uh, prospect. Probably, to, um, Billy, you might go for that. You, you know, the the A's might be the kind of team that the Mets would be like Brandon Nimmo for Danny Valencia. You know, Nimmo has not lived up to the expectations many Met fans thought he would. I was I not. I was not on that train. So, uh, you know, very few people were. And you know who was taken immediately after Brandon Nimmo in the draft a couple five years ago or so? Uh, I can only imagine. Tell me, I'll cringe. Yeah, it it, it was Jose Fernandez. Oof! Can you imagine a no, net rotation? I can't. I can't. Of Noah Syndergaard, Jose Fernandez, Stephen Matz, Matt Harvey, and Jacob Degrom with Zach Wheeler. Just hanging out. And Bartolo Colon just hanging out. Yeah, crazy. Um, don't even want to talk about it. It gets me too excited. Anywho, uh, like speaking, Nimmo, oh, Nimmo for Valencia store. Nimmo is not. He's still young. He's only like twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, he might not be an everyday outfielder, which is not what you would have hoped when you took him thirteenth overall. But you know, you get a player that helps you immediately now, and you're trading what. Is the Mets, I think, at this point in his development or viewing as an extra piece, a spare part. Because um, if the Mets wanted someone bigger, like they wa- say they wanted to trade for a Jonathan Lucroy, right, to play first base and catch. That might be too much. You, like, you might have to give up too much for Lucroy. You'd have to give up. Uh, Dilson Herrera would have to be in the package. Nope. I wouldn't um, want to do that. Mets, I wouldn't want to do that. The Mets, they'd probably have to give up their best remaining pitching prospect, which is a right-hander by the name of Rob Gisellman in double-A. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd probably have to give up a third piece on top of that. And I, I just don't think that's worth it. Um, but, but the Mets, they definitely need a bat. They're struggling. I think they're 27th in runs scored in baseball, which is not going to cut it. That's similar levels they were at last year in the first half before the Cespedes trade and the Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe trades. And the fact of the matter is, just look at what the Mets' starting lineup was yesterday. Yes, they were playing Jose Fernandez. 
it didn't really matter who the Mets had in the lineup. I think Fernandez was going to shut them down. And Harvey fits their well. lineup was Harvey. Harvey looks good. Harvey was, Harvey's been great his last two times out. I no know. Plays there. Um, but their lineup was Alejandro Deaza leading off. Azdrubal Cabrera, who's been fine, hitting second. Um, they had to move Curtis Granderson down to third. Delicious. Neil Walker had to hit cleanup, and he's had a great year. No complaints about Neil Walker. Uh, they had to hit, I believe, James Loney hit fifth. Wilmer Oof. Flores hit sixth. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying Michael is Conforto, this was not an impressive Michael lineup. Michael Conforto had to hit low in the order. Also, Conforto's just falling off a cliff. What's wrong with him? Nothing. He'll be fine. He's going through a slump. Pitchers have made the adjustment to him, and now Conforto needs to make the adjustment back. And we see this with every young hitter. Manny Machado went through a period. Peterson's still going through, went through right a now. Period. Even Mike Trout went through a period. No, Everybody goes through periods. <laughs> no, Conforto's, Conforto's going to make the adjustment. And he'll be fine. Mike Trout took two days, cold... just just to defend Mike Trout real quick. His adjustment period was like right. seven hours. Right. But, you know, it just it hurts that Conforto's going through this cold period when everyone else in the lineup isn't hitting. So it's exacerbated by the fact that nobody's hitting around Conforto. But he'll be fine. Fact of the matter is, when Yo's healthy, when Conforto's in the lineup, even if Lagares comes back, you're looking at a lineup that might be hitting James Loney fifth, sixth, or seventh. And as much as Loney's fine as a replacement player, that is way too high up in the order for me to be comfortable with. Oh, yeah. So they need a bat. And you know what? Honestly, the simple solution, Neil Walker, I know it's your walk year. I know you're trying to get that bank. You're having a great season. He's on pace for something like 30 homers right now. You got to move to third base. It's time for Dilson Herrera. Got to call him up. He's an impact bat. He makes this lineup deeper. He's a dynamic talent. He's a very good middle infielder. And quite honestly, as we said, the Mets might not have the pieces to trade for a Jonathan Lucroy or um, Luis Valbuena if the they Astros have, decide They have the pieces. I just don't think they want to give them up. Well, they'd have to trade all their remaining pieces, right? Right. Like, they'd have to get rid of whatever they were able to hold on to last year. And I don't think Sandy Alderson is ever comfortable – emptying the cupboard so i don't see him doing it are you trying to say he's not he's not like a rangers gm (laughs) bringing this back to the new york rangers no he is not okay um yes the new york rangers the what this podcast is about yes that's who i'm talking about (laughs) yeah no i don't i don't think i don't think uh alderson can swallow that pill which is fine i'm fine with that but you gotta tell neil walker buddy gotta do this for the team play some third base let us call up Herrera. It helps us right now. I just want. And I don't want to get. Uh, I think, okay, go I ahead. I think that so. happens, and I'm just going to say this, and then I'll let you finish. I think give it two weeks. I think that's that's exactly what's about to happen. I believe you. I like Dustin Herrera a lot, as you know. Uh, I think he's a good prospect, and he's just an outgrown AAA. He's he can hit up here, and he didn't show it when he came up. When he came up last year, I think he hit like 200 over three weeks. It was very tough for him. He was also a 21 year old rookie. Actually, he was 20. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that that brings your point in. I, I agree. And they they just overpowered him with pitching when he got up here. But he's had another year of, of, of prep and preparation. And I think prep and preparation, you hear it first. Uh, I think he's ready for the big leagues here. My dog starts, I think so, too. My dog is digging into my bed. And that's uh, that's where I am right now. But uh, I also want to... Just to wrap it up, one way or the other, yeah. Dilson Herrera is going to play a big role in the Mets this year. He's either going to be the piece they move to bring in a bat, or he's going to be the bat. It's 
gonna come down to that. Be the I bat or move to be, be the bat. The, the Dilson Herrera yeah. story, a 30 for 30. That's right. Hopefully uh, better than Believe Lane. They've been struggling lately. Yeah, well, you know, they lost some guy that was pretty good at those. Um, that being said, uh, my famous blue shirts breakaway catchphrase, that being said. You know, I think that's the first time you've used it today that's that's impressive you yeah made it pretty far yeah I'm, I'm i'm doing one first from now on with that being said even though i just did it again uh, do we want to do thrones before we sign off oh i do i don't want to do thrones but i want to talk about some other stuff real quick very quickly i oh. just want to remember the time and place where i said this that hillary clinton has locked the nomination down not getting political on this official? podcast just want to just uh, usa today was reporting and a bunch of other places are reporting that she has locked the nomination down because uh, she has won New Jersey. So, was just, California over the weekend? It's, it's that already it happened? is happening right now, or yep, happening right now, or happening tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I thought California happened before New Jersey. No, it happens the same day. The polls close three hours later, is from what I understand. Yeah, whatever. So um, my whole point of this entire thing, because I don't really want to get too political, is I don't think Bernie's going to drop out, and I think he's going to go forth in the. And somehow try and fight his way into the convention, or he'll drop out. But I won't think he goes to support. But my real point is here: Happy America! You get to choose between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, well, no, we could also what's that guy's name? Gary Johnson. Oh, Gary Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he wants to legalize weed. He's going to get a lot of young people to vote for. In Colorado, yeah, probably. Uh, I don't think just Colorado, my friend. Well, yes, but mostly Colorado. Uh, Mostly Colorado. That fair. Uh, I'm assuming you also listened to Keeping Keeping It 1600 this week, the another Channel 33 slash BSNPN podcast. Yeah, I uh, and I said this off podcast to a group of our friends that we often talk about on here. Keeping It 1600. Very happy it exists because it's teaching me a lot about this presidential race, but it's also telling me that I don't want either of these people to be my president. Like. Before listening to that podcast, I was like, yeah, Hillary's fine, as long as it's not Trump. Now it's like, man, I don't want either of them. Yeah, me either. What is happening? I, like, I don't know what to do. So I, I'm all about the process, and I, I think, I mean, maybe I'll twist some of our listeners' heads and we'll listen listeners by saying this, but I think the Electoral College is dumb, and... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to Sir, do now. Sarah so, Ferguson, 2016. Now I'm just saying. I, he's got my full support this year. I believe uh, everyone should should vote and try and decide your country's uh, future. But in this case, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. 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 There is. I guess there. Look, we're not saying there's a right choice. Nope. But we're also saying Donald Trump's the wrong choice. I'm so. not. I'm not even going that far. Like I don't know who's uh, worse. Uh, so. You, you should go that far because I think okay. the more people say it, the more honest. Uh, we can be about this whole thing. That's probably you, you fair. Don't, don't fucking vote for Trump. You know what? If you're voting for Trump, we don't need you. We'll go back down to six <laughs> wow. people that listen. I guess we're just showing our, our true New York Democrat colors here. But I'm not even a Democrat. I don't know. I'm an independent. So. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm independent. I definitely lean blue on most issues. But, you know, if... Uh, well, that's because we're blue shirts breakaway. You know, we, we lean blue. That's what we do here. Ayo. Ayo, no, Ayo. But there are plenty. I've voted for Republicans before. I'd vote for Republicans again. I just... Donald Trump is a Republican. He's a fucking Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, okay, we called it. You you call it like you see it. I get it. Uh, Look, man. Spent, actually, that's I probably spent. the nicest thing that's been said about him in the media over the past couple weeks. So. Look, some call him a fascist. Just call him what he is. He's a fucking Nazi. Can't, can't blame you. Can't, can't blame you. Don't know what to say. He's pretty, uh... Big, big fucking hair, too. Yeah, well, 
What are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. And I don't think, I doubt we'll ever talk about politics on this podcast again. But uh, No, we, as we shouldn't. And we should not. But uh, there's a little bit of insight on what we think. We're independents and we there think we're all screwed. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Game uh, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. All right, spoiler warning time, guys. This is the time of the time, podcast. Time to log off. Time to log off. It was great having you. Next week might be a special podcast with Greg and our friend Jeff. Talk about Devils and Rangers and hanging out. Uh, I Most might, likely we won't have a podcast at all. Uh, that's prob- or, or we'll just re- release the day later, Greg. I can be home on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> oh, we can do that too. Yeah. So if it doesn't, if it's not out on, on uh, Tuesday morning, like always, uh, it'll be out Tuesday night. So sorry for oh. the de- sorry for the delay, all four of you that really like our podcast. Talking to you, Steve. Two now because two of you voted for Donald Trump and you no longer listen. That's true. Uh, I actually I was gonna say I I don't want to offend anyone, but I don't care. So <laughs> that's 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 really I just realized like I was like I'm being politically correct, but in my real life I don't give a shit. So there you go. Uh, uh, there now, you go. now we're on that. So sorry if I offended you, but not really. Uh, sorry. So here we go. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Total spoiler warning. We're gonna talk about last night's episode. And uh, thanks for sticking on. We'll talk about more Rangers stuff in the future. And happy offseason. Happy watching hockey. I believe Pittsburgh's leading right now. I hope they lose. Uh, spoiler time. Here we go. Ian McShane, your boy, pop it up in Game of Thrones. My boy. Name something Ian McShane has been in that you didn't like. Go. I can't. You can't. I can't. He's great in everything. He's great in. He's even great when he's just his voice, like in Kung Fu Panda. Yep. He's amazing. I have, um, I have not watched Deadwood. Uh, I know it's a thing I need to do. I understand. You really do. Okay. Uh, God, it's, oh, my God, the things you haven't I know. watched. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm killing um, you. He's amazing Explain what. Let's explain for people who didn't know who Ian McShay is. He was the preacher last night or the uh, reformed warrior in the Game of Thrones episode. The Septon? Is, is it called a Septon? Septon is, is the correct word, yes. Yeah. He, he's, he's the dude talking to, first of all, the fucking hound. Ooh, that reveal. Okay, so I'm a book reader, obviously. There's rumors in the books that he's alive, or that like some people have him and he's dead. Uh, and like this, like there's like a, a slight hint that he's alive a couple times. But when you see his face last night, I'm like, ooh man. And now uh, there's there's they're setting up for some nice uh, theories that have been discussed that I will not discuss here that have endless hype coming for them. It's. Insane. And it leads, we had an interesting discussion, and I think I agree with you. Uh, if I haven't seen you die on Game of Thrones, I assume you're alive. Oh, that's yeah. my That's my new assumption. If you remember correctly, he never saw Stannis die. Stannis isn't dead. So now, that's my now thing. I think he's alive somewhere. That's my thing. Like, Stannis did not, like, they just cut away when the swords was swung. She hit the tree, bro. I'm convinced Brienne hit the tree when she was trying to kill Stannis. Like, I am... He's he's the well, That's the thing. Maybe like Stannis, he was saying enough things to um, Bree that like she was having second doubts herself if she should even do it. I, I, I think he's alive. I don't know how he relates to the storyline currently at play. I can't say for certain. I'm just saying I didn't see his head off his body. I assume he's alive. That's because what I'm saying. Because the hound just affirms that because he was left for dead and Ian McShane's character says, I thought you were dead, but then you just started coughing. Yep. So he's like, I thought you were dead for five days. (laughs) I, I can't, I can't believe he's still around. And McShane is just fucking straight fire. That entire, he's only on the screen for what? 
what probably amounts to 15 the minutes. The predominantly featured that episode. I was shocked. We went back to him like what six times in that episode. It was. And it I was, think it was. I think it was necessary because. Oh, it was all we great. Brilliantly left. shot too. We have three episodes left, and we're basically coming to a point where the things that need to be revealed in or wrapped up in some sort of way, or at least like shown, here's what's happening. Uh, we need Danny and her army. Mm-hmm. We learned that um, Theon and sister friend, their plan is to beat Uncle Euron to Danny yep. and get her as an ally first. And fuck her tits off, as they say. Yes, but before they take Danny to King's Landing, they want to go back to the Iron Islands first. I'm sure that won't work. Nope. Euron um, is going to quickly... I don't know this, by the way. I don't know anything that's going to happen. I think he will quickly become one of the ma- major villains in this story. See, I don't know if Euron is a villain, though. Hmm. I, like Because when we meet him, he kills a king we didn't like. That's true. And he doesn't... He basically just says, look, I'm older than you guys. I'm more experienced than you guys. I should be king. Like, he doesn't... Like, Stannis did some villain-like things, like burning his own daughter. But Stannis, like, okay, aside from burning your own daughter, like, who doesn't do that? And killing his uh, brother. And killing his brother, like, with ma- with uh, vagina magic, but, like, who doesn't do that, you know? Um, he was a very honorable guy, and he went through honor. Uh, except for those two right. major, terrible, but terrible things. We were supposed to... We weren't supposed to like Stannis. I don't no. know if we were supposed to hate him, but we weren't supposed to like him. We're, I think we're kind of in the same situation with Euron, where it's kind of like choose your own side with this guy. Because I think everyone is Team Danny, so we want to see Danny succeed. So if Euron's whole plan is to be like, well, shit, let's help her succeed, then we're, we're kind of led to believe, like, okay, all right. This guy's fine. He's okay. Right. That's not bad. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, that's a whole. We can talk about that for hours. I, I, I will say we move. one thing real quick. This is this is not a spoil. It is a spoiler, but I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm going to be so vague about this. There is, I think, one more character that will be introduced to the show, and that's all I will say. I think that character is the one key missing in this whole show that is that is in the books and is not in the show yet. Um, and I think that might be the reveal at the end of this season. So that's my prediction. I think they're setting up for, move, for a character reveal. To move off that point, we got to talk uh, John and Sansa trying to get themselves an army. Oh, how good uh, was, do you remember, was the more do you remember the number? Do you remember the number that Davos said they needed in order to take Winterfell? Was it north of 5,000? It was like 7,000. Something like that. And they clearly only have... Like 2,200, like 2,500. Yeah, yeah. They have like 2,500. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sansa's like, we need more people. And John's like, we don't have time. She's totally hitting up Littlefinger like, yo, you owe me. I was molested because of you. Had to, has to be, right? Like, who else could she be writing to? She Nobody. Can, she cannot be writing to anyone else. Like, I, I can't even fathom, like, who else it would be. Like, it's not Blackfish because she sent Brienne ooh, off ooh. to talk to Blackfish. What? Well, maybe it was. Oh, no, I guess Brienne, she did it talk to Blackfish. Be. It can't be Blackfish. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not going to send a raven ahead of her escort to go talk to her And it wouldn't uncle. be, it wouldn't be then, Cersei because she obviously hates her. 
Right. And it wouldn't be like she doesn't know anything about Danny, so it's not Danny. No. Nope. It's not. No, it's got to be Littlefinger. It can't be anyone else. It it's got to be Littlefinger. It can't. It's got to be Littlefinger. Um, and I think, but that's like, how many Knights of the Vale were there? I'm not Did sure. We ever know? I'm not sure the number, but I'm pretty sure it's a sizable army. It has to be because they've sat out everything, right? They have yeah, not been they've just chilled in, in the veil the whole yet. time. They've fought nothing. So they're ready to go. They're primed for a fight. So exactly. I think I think we're going to get some little finger knights of the joining up with John and Sansa. Um, I have I have beef with Jamie uh, not being like the books, um, but I won't I won't spoil yeah, I won't spoil why he's not like the books. But I will say that I, there is. Uh, I think Jamie's going to take a different tone coming forward, and I hope something happens with the Blackfish. Like, I don't really have information other than, like, some different feelings Jamie has in the book and a different attitude that he has. Um, I am hoping some way that he, like, teams up with the Blackfish somehow. I know that sounds crazy and, like, doesn't seem like it's going to happen, and the Blackfish, like, literally <laughs> hates him. It's going to spit on his guts. But uh, I think there will be some sort of compromise they come to, hopefully. Also, very happy Braun's back in our life. Braun is the greatest. Okay, so I, I was thinking today, uh, what is HBO going to do when they don't have Game of Thrones, right? So next They'll year, find something else for Carcetti slash Littlefinger to be in. That's, that's ex- what they'll do. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> very good. Uh, I was thinking they're definitely going to make like a side Game of Thrones series, right? Even if it's the, not their premiere show, they're going to try and milk this just a little more. Uh, no, I would disagree. Okay. They don't have that, tr- they don't have that track record. That's true. Once the show, once I guess the they're show not, runs, they're not AMC. Like, we haven't had, yeah. we haven't had a Sopranos runoff. We haven't had a Wire runoff. That's true. Um, but okay, well, how, how cool really would it be, one. how cool would it be to like watch like a Braun, like before, like a, a Braun prologue when he was just like a sellsword, like five episodes. Sure. Oh, it'd be great. I would love that. I, I, I just I don't see them. Yeah, they probably that's won't not, do that. Like outside of Sex in the City, it's just. I guess they did it. I don't know why they did it with Entourage, and I think Entourage is the example of why they shouldn't do it. Oh, yeah. Um, don't talk to me about that. Yeah, but um, Braun's the best, and I think that might that might have been my favorite line. Don't you fucking the say entire it. Entire season. <laughs> don't, don't you. Don't don't, don't you say fucking it. Don't say you it. fucking say it. <laughs> because because we're all thinking it. Like we've heard that line yeah. so many times, and Bron just like shut the shut fuck up. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And the, we know you'll repay your debt. The ar- not to nerd out like a total total nerd right now, but to do exactly that. The armor in that scene, the blackfish armor and Jamie's armor. Woo! Fire! I would wear that shit to work every day. That <laughs> is incredible looking. And you know what? I'd let you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, so I think we're missing one key point from, from this episode. Predictions you think is going to happen the rest of this season? Sure, I, will, I think I will. But wait, 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 wait. One okay, more thing. Okay. One more thing. All right, Arya. This is important. Okay. She got stabbed, right? Here's uh, here's and, and filleted. Yes. Do you think that's actually Arya? Yes. Okay. If you notice and you go back and rewatch it, she's not using her left hand to be dominant. She's using her right hand. Um, I sure. I think it could be Jack and Hagar himself, because he he owes. Now this is this is crazy. Uh, tin tinfoil hat theory. He yep. the one of the three names that Arya named himself herself was Jack and Hagar. 
and he has to repay that debt, if you'll remember. Yes. Now, here's uh, – I'm going to go um, – this I have to credit Alex Hurd because he's the one that uh, said it first, and I'm kind of stealing this from him. But, hey, it's my fucking podcast, so I'm taking it. We share it. Go uh, ahead. Every, every time that someone borrows a face, it changes their outward appearance, but it does not alter their stature. Right. Hmm. So like when Jagged has used other faces, he hasn't shrunk himself, which is something he would have to do. And if we're led to believe that is um, Jagged, I don't know why would we need to see Arya come out of the water and that's true. Wander right. around the city. Why would we need to see that scene unless it's actually Arya and she's I don't know how she's going to get I read that scene as I read that scene as one. She wants help, but doesn't know who to ask because now she's afraid anyone, rightfully so, could be the waif. Though she doesn't know that the waif thinks she's dead. And the waif two, doesn't think she's dead. The waif knows. I, I don't know. If the waif... See, that, that's another mystery that's kind of just been sitting there. Right. Because the waif, the way she readjusts her... Um, whatever she's wearing kind of makes me think like she doesn't in a job well done kind of way. Okay. That's kind of body fair. language. I think that's being naive of her though. She's a cold blooded assassin. Like I think she's trained better than that to know that Arya is not dead. Mm, I don't know. Okay. That's but you're fair. Right. I think we can disagree there. A fair, it's a fair point. We both like, we both have a fair point here. Okay. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that debt will, we've been showed multiple times that something from a previous season always carries more weight the longer the character remains on the show. Yep. Always happens. So that will play a role. I just don't think that that necessarily was Jackie. Okay, that's fair. And I think my, my theory is tinfoil hat, and I get it, but it's just a, a fun theory to think about. Um, I will not give my predictions for the rest of the season because I do have some insider information that would give. I don't. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, um, uh, that gives me some sort some sort of uh, leeway to give a reveal, possibly. So I will not say that. But I will say that I think in the next episode, uh, the Hound will be going to fight the Brothers with Banners, and Cersei will be trying to take up and kill a lot of religious people. I will say my predictions. Knights of the Vale are joining up with John and Santa. That's that fair. Is clear. I'm 100% with um, you, and I think Littlefinger goes with that. I think Danny meets up with Theon and sister. Okay. And I think she not necessarily refuses them, but refuses to go to the Iron Islands. And if push comes to shove, uh, Drogon is just going to light some shit on fire. Okay, now do they meet? Do they meet back? Do they meet back in Marine, where Danny has to be headed back to, so she can actually like you know go to her people, where Tyrion's like hanging out. Right, uh, and I think the anger that people keep talking about of Tyrion making this side deal, I don't think it's going to play much of a role because I think Danny. The thing with Danny that frustrates me is she gives such a shit about the people in Marine, right? Yeah. But her goal is to get the fuck out of Marines. So stop giving a fuck. Yeah. You're giving too much of a fuck. 
I kind of right? agree too. Like she's just like giving it to you, like like half a heart. Like she's like these are my people, but what I really want is King's Landing. Even though I guess she doesn't know, but King's Landing's a shithole right now. <laughs> you don't well, she want, has no idea. You don't want to be there at all. I mean, uh, that gives. It me- is amazing how how this season the entire series has been built around King's Landing. And this is the first season where we're all like, I honestly don't give a shit. What's going on, King's Landing? I don't really Show want, me the rest of the world. I don't want to be there. Um, I think I have a, a Cersei theory that I, I have no background information on, but that I think is true, but I'm not sure I want to say it or not. So there, there's don't that. Say it. Uh, it, it involves the Blackwater. So mm. there's, there's that. So maybe you could do some back research on that if you'd like. I just think, I think we're going to see the mountain finally kill someone this season. Oh, tomorrow, like next episode. Yes, hundred percent. He going, he going ham. He going ham. He go, he going to kill some people. I think um, he, he gonna he gonna kill some. people. I think. All right, I will say part of the Cersei theory when uh, Lady Olena was like, "What are you gonna kill them all?" I think Cersei's legitimately gonna try and kill them all, and I think she has a way to do it. Uh, yeah, it's called the Mountain Zombie. No, it's zombie called Mountain. It's called Wildfire. <laughs> I think it's called Zombie Mountain. Okay, I think that helps. This certainly part um, of it. But yeah, I think so. Basically, our predictions shit about to go down. Yeah, uh, definitely shit about to go down. This this entire season, as some of the kids would say, has been lit. Yes, right. Fire straight. Fuego. Straight absolute fire. Greg, we've gone fifty-seven minutes and fifteen seconds into this podcast. Do we want to make it a solid hour? or Do we want to end here? Uh, I would not mind hanging up the boots for a day. That sounds good. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I know we talked a lot. Actually, this is a pretty info- informational podcast for on our sake. I would say. Look at us. I think we did a we did a good amount of hockey. I mean, I talked more Mets than I think I have previously. That's true. So I say we got um, a C plus here. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I just got your Snapchat where it's your face saying, "What is Ryan Mead talking about?" <laughs> that was when you were telling me stories before the podcast started. Okay, perfect. Uh, we won't talk about those stories here. Greg, have a great day. I'm going to be in Montreal uh, this Friday to Monday, I believe. If any of our listeners are in Montreal, uh, come out grab a beer with me, maybe. Don't be a creeper. Uh, do it, do it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next week or in, at some point or another, or Greg will talk to you guys, and that's it. Uh, so, Greg, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>